Welcome to The Commentaries, a podcast series from TAN in which you'll learn how to read and understand history's greatest Catholic works from today's greatest Catholic scholars. In every series of The Commentaries, your expert host will be your personal guide to not just read the book, but to live the book, shining the light of its eternal truths into our modern darkness. Visit TANCommentaries.com to get your copy of the book and to subscribe for access to all the great reading plans, new episodes, bonus content, and exclusive deals for listeners of the commentaries. Hello and welcome to the 14th episode of the commentary series on the Dialogue of St. Catherine of Siena. I'm Sister Mary Madeline Todd, a Dominican sister of the Congregation of St. Cecilia in Nashville, Tennessee. Today is day 14 in our series, and we'll be continuing within St. Catherine's Treatise of Prayer on the theme of the Theology of Tears, a unique and rich aspect of St. Catherine's spiritual theology. We'll begin with the subsection, How This Devout Soul Seeks Knowledge from God Concerning the State and Fruit of Tears, and end with the subsection, How This Devout Soul Makes Three Petitions. St. Catherine's insights into the meaning and power of tears are one of the great jewels of the dialogue. But first, let us begin with St. Catherine's own prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Eternal God, Eternal Trinity, You have made the blood of Christ so precious through His sharing in Your divine nature. You are a mystery as deep as the sea, The more I search, the more I find, and the more I find, the more I search for you. But I can never be satisfied. What I receive will ever leave me desiring more. When you fill my soul, I have an ever greater hunger, and I grow more famished for your light. I desire above all to see you, the true light, as you really are. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our last segment, the 13th in this series, the Father revealed to St. Catherine insight into the graces experienced by a soul who is in the unitive state. After having passed through the states of purgation and illumination, if a soul ascends to the kiss of peace at the mouth of Christ, She becomes so one with God that she wills only what He wills. The Father revealed to Catherine that such souls may suffer when they see others who reject God, but they never turn away from anything that is willed by the Father, and they seek only His glory and the salvation of souls. He further noted that a person in this unitive state of prayer sees truth from the supernatural light of faith rather than by mere reason. For this reason, the Father encouraged Catherine to seek spiritual counsel from those who were not only learned in the faith, but who also had achieved union with God in prayer. He warned against seeking spiritual guidance from anyone who may be proud, as pride blocks the light of faith from the soul. When souls experience the taste of eternity that comes from the prayer of union, 
they cannot help but long to be with the Father. But they also exercise a holy patience to remain in this world and to be of benefit to their neighbor, since their wills are so one with God's that they can only will what He wills. As we continue in the Treatise of Prayer, Catherine receives insight from the Father about the meaning of spiritual tears. While many saints have written about the gift of tears and prayer, St. Catherine receives from God one of the most developed theologies of tears, one that adds great richness to the Church's tradition of spiritual theology. As this section opens, Catherine asks the Father to teach her more about the states of the soul and how tears change according to the state of a person's soul. Honoring her request, the Father reveals to Catherine that there are five different kinds of tears. Tears, the Father tells Catherine, are an expression of the heart. One may weep from selfish desires or from love that may be more or less perfect as the soul advances. The first kind of tears are the tears that are shed by a wicked and worldly person. When people are trapped in patterns of sin and selfishness, they weep at their own sufferings, but not for the love of God or neighbor. These are tears that the Father calls tears of death, and they are more or less selfish depending on the desires of the one who sheds them. These are the tears shed by those who have made a God out of created things and out of their own sensuality. Since the human heart was made for God and will always have infinite desires, if people seek fulfillment in lesser things, the worldly things on which they have set their hearts will never satisfy them. And so they suffer great pain in their lack of fulfillment. In the great spiritual classic, The Confessions of St. Augustine, Augustine records the copious tears he shed whenever he would lose one of his earthly friends or lovers. After his great conversion to grace, he came to the deep insight expressed here in the dialogue. And he said this in words that have been famous ever since, that God made our hearts for himself. And so our hearts are restless until they rest in God. The Father goes on to explain to Catherine that those who are rooted in pride and self-love often bear the evil fruits of theft, false judgment, and violence in their actions. Their thoughts, words, and deeds are full of evil. Those who live in habitual mortal sin are cut off from the life of grace, so they do not merit eternal life through their actions. However, if they do naturally good things, God often rewards them by giving them more time for repentance. The prayers and tears of those who are one with God in grace may move such people to conversion, as happened when St. Stephen the martyr prayed for Saul. In this case, the prayers of the holy martyr Stephen merited the grace of conversion for Saul who became, after a life of murderous, misguided zeal, the great apostle St. Paul. 
After the first discussion of these tiers of death, the next four considerations of kinds of tiers are all concerning life-giving tiers. The second kind of tears are imperfect tears caused by fear that are shed by those who abandon sin for fear of punishment. These tears are not yet rooted in the love of God perfectly, but they are shed because a person has become afraid of the suffering that comes from sin and the punishments that follow upon it. Although these tears are still rooted in self-love, they accompany the servile fear that often moves a person to begin to accept the grace of conversion of life. These are the tears that come with the stage of moving out of the river of death and stepping onto the feet of Christ. While they are imperfect because they are still primarily motivated by fear of the suffering that comes from sin, they are purified if a person continues to pray and turn away from sin and toward virtue. The third tiers are tiers of those who have abandoned sin and are beginning to serve God and beginning to taste the sweetness of His love. These are still imperfect souls, yet their weeping is a cleansing weeping. As the soul begins to know the beauty of mercy more fully, she grows in her grief for sin and increases in hope of the goodness of God. While she has been purified of sensual self-love, she still needs to grow in a spiritual love that seeks God himself rather than his consolations. While she is well on her way to growth in true charity, she still weeps as she suffers temptations and persecutions. She now weeps with the spiritual compassion of self-love, since her self-will is still not fully purified. If she continues to grow in the light of self-knowledge and continues to desire and act to conform her will to God's, love grows in her soul and she weeps less because of the loss of something she desired and more from the love of God and her neighbor. The fourth kind of tears flows because one has arrived at the perfect love of neighbor. At this stage, the soul is so one with God that she grieves when she sees that anyone is not one with Him. She no longer thinks of herself primarily, but now she lives for the glory and praise of God. Because she is distressed primarily when something offends the glory of God and harms the salvation of her neighbor, she becomes willing to endure suffering with great patience. She even counts suffering that is willed by God as joy for the glory it brings to God and the benefit it brings to the souls of others. This kind of suffering was evident and many times testified in the life of St. Dominic, the founder of the order of which St. Catherine was a part. The witnesses of the life of Dominic say that he wept daily out of compassion for souls who were steeped in sin, begging through his tears for the grace of conversion. He was said to labor in preaching all the day and to pass most of the night crying out to God and saying, God, what will become of sinners? 
St. Dominic offered tireless prayers and penance for the good of his neighbor, motivated by a burning love for God. The fifth kind of tears is usually joined with the fourth. These are the tears of the sweetness of soul that comes from peace of union with God. A soul who is made one with God weeps at the sweetness she experiences in her soul. She, the Father says, has passed beyond the stormy oceans of this world and into the sea Pacific of God and His holy will. This is the state of someone who has come to know herself in humility and has dedicated herself tirelessly to the service of her neighbor. She weeps with those who weep and rejoices with those who rejoice. In no way is the grief of perfect love for neighbor incompatible with the tears of sweetness of the final stage, since the love of God and love of neighbor are one. Because the soul in the unitive state knows how loved she is by God, she reaches out to her neighbor with the same love she receives from God. In this life, a soul can never reach the perfection of virtue, but can always grow. The Father says that only the Son possessed the perfection of virtue in His humanity, but all others continue along the way of grace and truth and come to love more and more. The tears shed by the eye are proportioned to the desires of the heart. As the desire of love increases in a soul, her eyes begin to weep. When the soul passes from this life into eternity, she will no longer suffer, but she will ever continue to desire. And in this sense, the Father says, tears have an infinite value. Tears will be left behind, but not the affection of love, which will go all the way to eternity. The Father mentions to Catherine that there is also a kind of tears that is not bodily, but rather an expression of a soul that desires to weep and cannot. He calls these tears of fire. When the soul enters the presence of God, the soul at last tastes the fire of divine charity. Having passed from this life to eternity, souls experience the fire of divine love that evaporates the physical tears of the body and tears become tears of the fire of the Holy Spirit. Having received these insights about the different states and fruits of tears, Catherine makes petitions to God. She asks for the grace and light of truth, especially that she would be able to know the light of holy doctrine and not be deceived by the darkness of error. Next, she asks for discernment when someone comes seeking counsel, especially regarding whether the willingness to perform penance is a sure sign of the soul's closeness to God. Thirdly, she asks about discernment of spiritual visitations and whether what seems to be spiritual joy can coincide with spiritual self-love. In other words, Catherine asks the Father to help her have principles of discernment as she guides other souls in their journey to Him. She begs to neither be misled in herself nor to mislead others. This very hunger in her soul 
reveals how deeply united with God Catherine already was. Since, as the Father repeatedly points out in the dialogue, the love of God and the love of neighbor are infallibly linked. This concludes the 14th episode in our series, in which the Father explains to Catherine the different states of tears and the fruit these tears bear for the good of souls. Next time we'll continue the Treatise of Prayer with episode 15 on the Three Lights of Truth, beginning with the subsection, How the Light of Reason is Necessary, through to the subsection, In What Way They Who Stand in the Above-Mentioned Third Most Perfect Light Receive the Earnest of Eternal Life in This Life. Until then, may we be led to the place of holy tears, tears of compassion for others, and tears of awe-filled wonder at the goodness and beauty of our God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. This has been an episode of The Commentaries, a podcast brought to you by TAN. To follow the show, study more of the greatest Catholic classics, and to support the commentaries and other great free content from TAN, visit TANCommentaries.com to subscribe and use coupon code COM25 to get 25% off your next order, including the dialogue and countless more spiritual works to deepen your interior life and guide you to heaven.